What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Milkoff! Hey, Mahomes! Bonus baby. You going in the first round today? Woo! Oh, what, what time does that start? Uh, MLB draft. Uh, first year player draft, they call it. It's at 4 o'clock today. Are you more excited for the MLB draft, first year player draft? You said first year player draft? That's what they call it. It used to be called, yeah, just... That's what what, if, that's what if, it. It's the draft. But what if you're like a junior in college? No, I, I got it. But what about the pogo sticks in San Francisco? You know, somebody tagged me, tagged us, I guess, in that tweet that said those are coming. That's uh, That sounds like hell. Absolute hell. Po- people on pogo sticks wearing uh, noise-canceling Bose headphones. Yeah, I mean, I, I, pogo, here's the thing. Like a bike, yeah, to make some effort. Those green bikes, whatever their color they are in your town. Mm-hmm. The... The actual, like, scooters are ideally the best because you literally do nothing, yeah. right? You just press a button and drive. Right. I don't know if you've ever tried a pogo stick. Never. I mean, I have when I was really young. Somewhat like a hula hoop, but you move. It is a lot of effort, guy. It is not, like, harder than rollerblading, harder than bike riding. It is very difficult, especially when you factor in the limited amount of ground you can cover. Seems really inefficient. Yeah. It, it's... The dumbest fucking idea I've ever heard of in my life. Like, of all the ideas, there have been some great ones around these parts. I don't know if this even originated in the Bay. That's pretty stupid. Yeah. Like, you'd be better off just like, you know what? We're going to drop a a pair of Nike 10 and a half. So if you want to go for a walk, you know, I'd be like, okay. I mean, I could. that to me would have more like staying power than the pogo stick. I think that's the thing. You know, like hotels where you can like rent workout clothes and shoes for 15 bucks. What's the best amenity you've ever used at a hotel? I mean, sla- used slash paid for. Uh Oh, used slash. So something that was, I don't know. Like dry cleaning? You ever go above and beyond? I don't so think I've, I've only, ever gotten dry. I had, I once had, uh, last year in Atlanta, I had a USB mic Amazon to the hotel for the podcast. But that wasn't so that hotel doesn't count. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I've always heard that hotel for, I mean, people for, underrate hotel's ability to do what you ask them to do. Now you got to pay for it, but they'll do whatever you need. Right. Uh, yeah, like go 
like do your dry cleaning i guess what like what would even do you have yeah anything i don't know i mean I, I i i'm just trying to think i i've never done anything that cr- yeah dry cleaning uh i've done some laundry when i used to live on the road other than that yeah i mean i, I I, I'm just a blue collar guy staying at, you know, uh, Spring Hill Suites. So, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Do you, ever, do you guys ever use Postmates at the Haberman home? For food delivery? Just, I don't know, for anything. I, I, oh, I feel is like Postmates I'm, not just food? Is it more, is it less than, yeah, I, I thought it was more. But There's maybe the not. one, what's the rabbit one? That's the one that I've used for something else. Task Rabbit. Like uh, you can just call a guy to like hang a picture. Yeah, like I think I've told you this one where a couple years ago Alyssa was in Boston. She texted me from the airport going from SFO to Boston that she'd forgotten her coat. And so I bought the same exact coat from the Macy's in Boston and had a TaskRabbit guy go pick it up and deliver it to the hotel before she landed. And it cost $32 to do that. Like, Did she keep the coat or she returned? Yeah, she just, same coat as another one she has, just one's black and like one's cream. Smart. $32, John, it costs for me to pull off something that'll probably go down in the Hall of Fame of husband work when my life is all said and done. That's pretty good. And then it turned out to be 82 degrees in Boston the whole week, but the gesture was worth it, right? So did you go to Macy's.com and then just have a waiting there? I called the Macy's. I got a hold of like a personal shopper. They bought it. We did the credit card over the phone. I told him someone's going to pick it up. TaskRabbit guy was like sending me photos like, here I am picking it up. Here I am dropping it off. $32 it costs for that service. That is incredible. I don't even know. What does a personal shopper do? I think it's, I don't know. You just, just sit there and wait for tasks? I just called the Macy's and was like, I need some help with something. And they connected me with somebody. I think there are people who have people just pick stuff out for them so they don't have to like walk around buying stuff. I think that's a thing people do, you know. Before, before we get into the ads, I mean, this is a time I got NFL Live in the background. Yeah. And I just look up and it's overreaction Monday. Yeah. And the question is, Daniel Jones will win two Super Bowls. Like, they are. <laughs> talk about fucking desperate. Okay. Is that a bigger stretch than first now, take Now, this granted, morning? they were just, everyone's answering overreaction. But, like, what are we doing here? It, do you think the producer of that show is pretty proud of himself for that one? Well, I mean, how bored do they got to be in mid-June? So, is that, what's more ridiculous today? That one or first take this morning doing, who would you rather have take the last shot? Steph or Andre Iguodala? Uh, I think the Daniel Jones one, because I do think though Max is clearly just giving opinion that he doesn't even believe you could make an argument. Like the guy has huge balls. He's been in a bunch of big games. Like you would feel confident with Iguodala taking the shot. This, this to me would be the argument, right? Is well, in that situation, it's going to be Andre open by 15 feet. Yeah. Or Steph with two defenders on him. So give me Andre yeah. shooting and one percentage. one being the power forward that's seven feet tall with his hands up. Yeah, give me Andre shooting percentage when he's open by 15 feet versus Steph's when he's double teamed. Did you, you know the best part about that guy? Steph using the word janky? Was, well, we'll get to that here in a second. Okay. Stephen A. and Isaiah Thomas's reaction to I that. Know. It's crazy how fast people catch on to everything. Like, And that was one thing you and I always struggled with. We're not going to manipulate an argument for reaction. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe that would have been better for business back in the day. But like now, I would say that is consistently the thing that's most made fun of now on these debate shows where when you're arguing, we know you're just picking a side that you don't even believe. Like I, I would rather just pick a new profession if that's what I have to do. And I'm not right. against – I mean trust me, we do do some topics today that – I'll stretch some things to talk about something I want to talk about, but I won't just be like, you know what, guy? 
Pascal Siakam I'd rather have than any warrior not named Steph. Like, but th- those are takes taking place right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the beauty, I think, and I tell this to people when we talk about radio versus podcast is. Tandem bump. Podcasts are as long as they need to be. Yeah. And radio, radio is a certain amount of time that must be filled. Yes. To fill the ads. And that Who to are? me is a basic difference between, oh, you know, just talk about it again. No, that's boring. Oh, my God, that's death to me is talk about it again. Why? We already talked about it. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. Talk about it again. Like, Ugh. as if I haven't talked about it the first time? New audience. What? But we actually don't know because we can't quantify oh, yeah. how many people are actually listening. Yeah. And now companies are starting to catch up to this, and we're losing advertising, radio, and market share. Ah! Well, Haberman and Middlecoff are gaining. Like, Woo! easewellness.com. That's right, John. Easewellness.com. Dot com. A lot of you have been going to ease.com, which is great. Keep doing that. But easewellness.com, promo code HAM, opens the door to the nation. Here's the thing, guy, with easewellness.com, unlike ease.com. It's CBD and hemp-based products. And unlike ease.com, that, as I said, was the fastest delivery I've ever had in the history of deliveries. They were there in, like, less than 12 minutes. Easewellness.com is a drop shipment. Like it's going to take two to three business days, like Amazon or something. And it's all CBD, CBD based products. Guy, they have everything. I've tried countless different drops over the years. Uh, I'm going to order some sleeping drops. They have some PM sleeping drops that I'm going to use, but here's my favorite. And then they obviously have a lot of topicals and rubs that I know they're big on like athletic, uh, rejuvenation, you know, for people that are sore. Mm -hmm. I, I know that, People, I have family friends that were older that had really bad arthritis that rub it on. They can help. They have all that stuff. Also, have things, guy. If you have a pet, and we some pets have you know anxiety, get a little edgy. You want to calm them down. They got they got pet options. It's pet literally CBD. Pets, pets CBD, all natural relief for your fear, for your fury friends. Here's another thing. I don't know if you take these because I don't. Bass, uh, and I know they're good. Probably presents. Or gifts for your significant other, they have relaxing bath bombs. How do you beat that? Bath so if your your wife or girl likes to take bubble baths, drop her one of these bath bombs. Uh, and John CBD nationwide shipping. All right, so you don't have to wait for whatever's in your area. Nationwide shipping. Go to ease. That's e a z e wellness dot com. Use the promo code ham. That's promo code ham. Twenty bucks off and every delivery over fifty dollars. Is free. Woo-hoo. 20 bucks off your first delivery. EaseWellness.com. Promo code ham. All right. Uh, and this podcast is brought to you by Hair Club. Confidence is important. Sometimes one change can make all the difference. Hair Club knows this, and they're inviting you to become part of the Hair Club family to see how getting the most out of your hair can change your life, John. Yep, I, I know this. I was uh, spent the weekend with my family, brother, mom, yeah, uh, we're bald. I mean, we don't have hair, and we yeah. didn't choose this life. Yeah, you and your brother. Yeah, Je- Jeff started going full shave like a year ago. He's right around the age when I lost it, 28, 29. And uh, we wanted to be like Haberman, but, you know, sometimes God throws you lemons. Sometimes God throws you limes, and sometimes it makes it where you don't have any hair. But you don't have to have that same thing happen to you. If you go to hairclub.com slash ham. Hairclub.com slash ham. They got options for everyone. Rejuvenation, 
Uh, some people are dealing with like I didn't deal with a receding hairline guy. I dealt mm. with my hair falling out. Right. Some people recede, and I'm sure you know you have friends that recede. I mean, we all do, and they have different solutions for different people. And that's the key, guy. All we need to do is go to hairclub.com/ham, get a free health and scalp analysis for new customers. It's free, so you don't even need to spend any money, guy. Just go sign up if you're having these issues. I, I know the insecurities, guy. I've had them. Hair club dot com slash ham free hair health and scalp analysis for new customers and you enjoy $250 savings on any qualifying hair club service after your initial consultation hair club.com slash ham for the free hair health and scalp analysis and $250 savings on any qualifying hair club service after the initial consultation that's hair club.com slash ham get it get it get it all right uh patrick mahomes josh allen are we half? Are we past half the league chugging beers yet, John? Trubisky, Stafford, yep. Rogers attempted. I, I I do think he's gonna have to redeem himself, uh, and I I would imagine he's smart enough where there'll be a video over the next month over the summer where he does something. Don't you think? I think there will be a, a you're you're talking like a curated, edited video. Or I'm just saying like maybe the last day of training camp or excuse me of OTAs, which for most teams is next week as they break, like maybe back to Yari brings a couple Miller lights to the locker room and they do it, you know, and that would be kind of funny. Don't you think it would be like, you could make fun of yourself, be a little self-deprecating. Yeah. Yeah. Though. I mean, is there a chance that he would refuse? Yes. <laughs> so I, maybe I'm nuts. Trubisky was, I mean, the bears were just drinking beers left and right. I mean, they had 20 guys in this, Box suite at the White Sox games. I didn't even know people went to White Sox games. They had a box and were just slamming beers. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Jimmy, you think he goes to a Warriors game this week? I would hope. I would love – I mean, Jimmy – if I'm the Niners, I buy Jimmy a courtside seat and have him chug a beer at a Warrior game. Like, that's marketing, baby. Yeah, what I might do is buy a box and just send whoever wants to go. Obviously, the O-line – the quarterback. But my thing is, like, does Jimmy have it in him to go toe-for-toe toe toe with Aubrey courtside at the game? That's not – Jimmy feels a little low-key. McGlinchey? McGlinchey and Staley? They would do the beer I, chug. Yeah, I mean, would, would Kyle and Lynch – Lynch, I'm sure, can chug a beer. <laughs> what if Jed attempted and it didn't go well? <laughs> Could he live that down? I would just – I just want to know, who do we put – who does the barrier put up toe-for-toe toe with Aubrey? As just a shit talker? Just like if, if Drake is sitting in one seat, who are we put on the other end? Yeah. To just is it just E forty or something? Yeah, but I, I don't know if they're E forty's not really light. Like he ain't he's kind of just having a good time. Right. I don't know if they really have one. I don't know. Give KD a courtside seat opposite of the bench. How about you, Kevin sitting next to Lakeham? How about Lakeham inviting Kevin to sit next to him? I could see that, but it's like Lakeham knows he's got a foot out the door. He might as well sell that seat. Uh, all right, John, the uh, the Warrior game. Let's start with it. Game two, awesome, another awesome game. Uh, game kind of flipped. There was it was just back and forth for a while. Then the Warriors finally got a lead, held on to it. Kind of getting their ass kicked the first quarter. Yeah, Steph used the word janky uh, post game, which was great. Boxing one defense. I don't understand this part of NBA discussion, but we can get to that. 
Um, but just a great feel, game. Draymond. Feel like he's belittling their style. Yeah, well, just like it's funny to me that there are some defenses that are genius and some that are, oh, this is a high school defense. It's like, well, okay, what, whatever. You just you try to keep the other team from scoring. <laughs> We're gonna belittle somebody for using a defense that worked. Like I don't well, like Steph. If if all your teammates can't play next game, Kevin's out. If Clay can't play, wouldn't you double team Steph every single play? Why, well, why? have you noticed what happens every time Kawhi turns hey, the corner? Hey, they're throwing it to Antonio Brown every play. What should we do? I don't know. Double team them? Like that's isn't that one of the most basic premises of football and basketball? Like when you can't stop a guy, send an extra defender to help. It's, this is the finals. Like we're just we're trying to win, however we can win. What are the? Why do they do that thing called the shift? I don't know because you hit the fucking ball there ninety percent of the time. It does just well, say it does say a ton about how good Steph is though. That he gets defended in ways no one's been defended before. I also don't blame him for before. saying it's janky. No, I'm not blaming him either. I'm just saying it just, I, I don't, I, I just, it, it may not work again, but. I don't know where you stood. I was a little hmm. pissed off that, and I don't know who said it, but the Warriors are sneaky like Belichick and the Patriots with injuries. They're very silent about it. And it clearly got out that Steph was, something was off with him, like he was sick. Well, Doris Burke said it. Yeah, and I, I just. You can't let that get out. I, I guess the Bay Area, we're a little in a bubble here. The rest of the country makes fun of Steph, that it's always something with him. You know, in all these big games, always ankle, always shoulder, always sit, he's got the sniffles. Like, to me, they are great at not letting anything out, and that got Like, that can't get out. Let it out after the game, after you win. But you can't let out that he's got the sniffles. Yeah, and it was something, too. The way she said it was different. She said, you know, uh, just something to keep an eye on. Steph's been a little under the un- under the weather or something. Uh, it was the way she reported it was almost like someone had just ca- casually told her, like it wasn't like a let's put it out there in a way that'll help make Steph look good, you know? Um, yeah, I just think the Warriors got to be careful with that stuff. But ultimately, I mean, what is it? Like, well, you just yeah, as long he had as you that win. burst after he was what was he O of six he started O of six O of seven I think. Uh, I was I I thought. Thought the game started at six, so I kind of built my day around being <laughs> home at like five forty-five, and then I realized, like, holy shit! Yeah, you can't get that back. No, um, but once he once he got got it going, he was really good. Clay was fantastic, um, and Dre, dude, Draymond. I just came up. Draymond was what one assist shy of a triple double again. This time, even more impactful than the ten, ten, and ten. I um, heard uh, I was driving around Saturday morning, and uh, Steinmetz had a great point on the NBA show which is the only really radio show I listen to locally, it's really good, that he's like, you know, when I look at the box score from game one, one number stands out. And he said, Draymond's box score, it was zero blocks. And when Draymond has a block or two, they usually feel big because they're usually in a contested. He's, I mean, shit, he's usually checking their first or second best player. Do you notice who he was checking last night as the game got to nut crunch in time? Kawhi. Like he was all over Kawhi. Now, granted, Clay was out. And Iguodala was like old and limping and whatever. Draymond just goes, we had a wise man once tell us back when the Clippers and the Warriors were a rivalry and the Clippers were on top that when they had, that was in the loop, that when they had defensive meetings, Chris would stand up in those meetings before they even started in the playoffs and would give out their defense. Chris would go, I have Steph. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. But at, at the time, that was like, God, Chris is a badass. You right, know, right. I got him. Right. Draymond just does that live in games. Like, I got Kawhi. And he had a big block last night. I mean, it happened like in the middle of the game. But to me, when he's doing that, 
he's in just full Draymond mode. And again, his stats are, you could have told me he had 22, 17, and 14, I'd believe you. Maybe 22 is high, but like 17, 17, and 12. Like that's what he that's what he feels like, and he feels like he runs as fast as he's ever run in the big games. Like there's is never there, this. Does Draymond have anything left to give? Question. Is he the best pa- passing big man you've ever seen? Non like stationary passing, you yeah. know, like Weber and Vladi, and even Bogut in his prime, just standing there throwing passes are unreal, right? But they're also seven feet tall, so you just see his passing on the move. I think it's fair to say that he's the greatest power forward passer on the move. Yeah, because like he best can, he point forward passer, non like LeBron, like a true power forward center. Right. Because he can throw lobs. If they had like a DeAndre Jordan, I mean they had JaVale McGee. If they had a good player that you could rely on that had that type game. I mean, they would be like Lob City. It would just be Draymond throwing the lobs. You know who he's kind of like is like a way more athletic. Remember when Boris Diaw was doing it for the Spurs? Yeah, kind of like that, but he was just always on the move. But Diaw was just moving slow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you trust him. That's why the one turnover late where it was Draymond passing to uh, DeMarcus, that turnover hurt. But Draymond really one tends to make One where it looked the- like it hit his uh what's his name's arm but it didn't gasol yeah was that just a bad pass by draymond boogie got lucky he didn't like tear his knee because the pass was way off and then he like jumped was like oh (laughs) yeah and then draymond did my bad i was off yeah but draymond doesn't have like a lot of he had actually he had two he tried to go full court twice yesterday what on like the joe montana throw that got picked by van fleet and then the second one got picked by Kawhi. Honestly, it was a pretty nice play on the Van Fleet pick because he still had to leap one hand grab. Like it was, it was just a slightly underthrown touchdown, you know, interception. Yeah. 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 It was either going to be a beautiful touchdown or just one of those picks where you go, oh, you know, not, not like, what is he doing? But it was just more of like, oh, because when the ball's in flight, you're thinking this is going to be gorgeous. What uh, what do you think of the? I love the shots of uh, KD, like the the hallway shots of Kevin out there clapping in the hallway. He's been doing it the last couple of games. I I thought it was just. I, I I don't know if it'll ever, and maybe this felt like the Shaq and Kobe days would it would never get any better than this. And then some Laker fans would be like, "Well, the Pow and Kobe days were pretty sweet too, but they were never quite Shaq and Kobe." It's never going to be like this five-year run of just the drama on the edge of your seat, and they always end up winning for the most part. But just the game was just the all the drama. Kevin in a fucking sweatsuit or whatever the hell he's wearing, like sweatpants. Clay's hammy pops. Well, Kevon Looney gets hurt. Looney got nailed like Sean Taylor hit him in center field, and he flew like 15 feet and then landed. And at first it's like, God, that hurt. And then you realize like, yeah, he really hurt. It was just a it was just a war of a tri- Warriors were dropping like flies. I know. Well, there was there was a moment where I was like, I have to Google who that is in the game at the end of the first half when Jacob Evans the third came in. I'm like, wait a second, who is that? Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. I listen. Once the Raptors went up, you know, whatever they were up at halftime of Game One, you have to win that game at home. To me, game two is not necessarily must-win for them, but it is must-win for them if they're going to win the series. Like they, To me, they can't win the series 
being tied coming to Oracle because I don't see them winning a game in California. So you go if they go up 2-0, you have to acknowledge like the Raptors can win the NBA Finals. That game, it'd be one thing if like you know what Steph and Clay went for 40 and 32, and they got 15 out of Draymond and Iguodala had 15. Like you just got the Warriors knockout punch. We lost by 10. What you know, we're still alive, but probably right. not going to win. But that mm. team's great. The Warriors of all the games I remember, like the Warriors were there to be had in Game Six against OKC, but then Clay just went historic. So at the end of the day, you just kind of tip your hat. This was like Quinn Cook beating you, Bogut gets six points in seven minutes. Uh, you got Drebko playing big minutes. You got Boogie Cousins. How many? He played twenty-seven minutes, twenty-six minutes. Well, yeah, he had a triple double, didn't he? Or almost. He almost did, but I'm just saying, like, he clearly was, I mean, he was gassed. Like, those guys are beating you? You lose that game? It does, but I, I, that's where I go back to just, that's part of, that's part of having well, they're, Yeah, they're just better than you, but I think if you're no, the Raptors. No, but I mean, that's part of, like, those guys get to be better players than maybe they would otherwise be because they play with Steph, and he's just such a. I agree, but you have to acknowledge in the NBA Finals, like you're kind of really depending on Quinn Cook giving you like 12 points. Oh no, there's no yeah. It's, That's insane. It's wild. In, in I wouldn't say must win for the Warriors, but when you're down 1-0 in the NBA Finals, like that's kind of a big game. Quinn Cook, the that he hit the three he hit from the wing when uh, right, uh, I guess it was like right before Clay had to come out of the game when he and Steph. I was like, is Steph in the game? Did you think that is Steph in the game when Steph? Well, they, they were just bombarding him. To, to no, rule. no, but I mean, when Steph, Quinn hits the shot, Steph runs over and does, like, the jump celebration in front of Drake. Oh, he wasn't in the game. That's where Patrick Peterson tweeted, pissed off. Yeah, Patrick Patterson. <laughs> Patrick Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Peterson's probably off Twitter for a little bit. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he yeah. was not in the game. At Dude, NBA refs, what are we doing about this? I do think the last five yeah, minutes, one thing that, one reason that the Raptors came back is because besides Steph, or like Boogie, if he was right under the court, Draymond and Iguodala played hot potato. Now they both can pass, so the passes look really crisp. Crisp, it's like, whoo, but it's like, hey guys, I, a couple times I yelled at my TV like, shoot! They, they both those Iguodala and Draymond would not shoot down the stretch. That's why the final shot of the game. Were you a little surprised? Like, I saw our buddy Elliot Schwartz this morning at the gym. Like, he could have just dribbled it, dribbled it, and then just shot it at the sky, right? Like, he didn't have to shoot, and he hadn't been shooting, and then he shoots it, and he fucking drains it. Yeah. Well, I Van Gundy made the point last night. Did you he, think he was going to shoot right when he got the ball? After yeah, Kawhi, I, I stood up immediately. I stood up immediately. Went like, oh, oh, oh! You know what Kawhi pulled on that? Like, when Steph gets trapped... And then he throws it to Livingston. Remember when Kaepernick threw the almost pick at uh, Green Bay and the dude dropped it? It's Kawhi Leonard. I was like, oh, he's going to take it and then dunk. I know. And, he, and somehow Livingston, luckily, he's not Quinn Cook, right? He's like 6'7". He and he came to the ball. Did you think at immediate when Steph got rid of the ball, like, that's turnover? Yeah, I thought it was. Because he threw it right to Kawhi. The Warriors, I think, are one of the best pass-catching teams I've ever seen. They are so good at catching passes. Yeah, they are. Well, they got a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, they also, they, but they also throw more passes that end up getting completed that look like they should be picked. Well, and Clay is one of the great catchers on the team. 
Yeah, because he can do one hand. So the thing that Van Gundy said was if Iguodala puts it on the floor, then there's the risk that he gets fouled. And, He's not a great foul shooter. And yeah. So well, what were they up then? Two or one? No, they were up. They were up two. They were up two, and it was basically they got the ball back with like 27 seconds. So there was like a three second shot clock difference. The wouldn't you say the play might just be to foul when, it, especially when because they were kind of going hot potato. Yeah, it was like you can't let Steph get the ball back. Foul one of these other foul Draymond. Fell Iguodala. These guys are not good free throw shooters. And just elongate the game. I thought the Warriors got lucky that the Raptors kind of... Well, Livingston would have been the guy, right? To foul? Well, he's got to have the ball to foul him. Well, I think Iguodala's not a great free throw shooter. No, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, they they, didn't, they weren't even near him when he got the ball. But when Sean had the ball... No, but I, I'm saying even earlier in the possession, oh, like, I when they were kind of throwing the ball around. Because they were just... They were kind of doing just four court, just hold the ball... Till you get to zero, that to me they would have been fine with shooting the ball right at like one second because that adds another what second, two seconds, and then the Raptors get the ball back with a second, you know. Right. I I think if you could do that over, if you're Nick Nurse, you go well. Even if we have to foul Steph just to keep the game going, like that was just we were discombobulated a little bit, but then it almost looked like we it it was just. To me, it was just classic Warriors of this run. You just can't make this shit up. You can't. I that that I don't know about you. I'm on the edge of my seat. Those I mean, the yes, really last five minutes. Totally. But that last possession. Oh, I'm with you. Because because you're right. They were up five, and then like Danny Green or Van Fleet hits a three. So you're like, oh. But then you really like clock. It was Danny it's Green because not... remember it was like the third shot of the possession. Yeah, they kept getting all these uh, kind of fifty fifty balls, tipping them out, and the Warriors are gassed. So the 50-50 balls, you know, they're kind of jumping, but they can't only jump so high. Well, did you see the stat? They had zero second-chance points. Well, how about Quinn Cook was their leading scorer in the second half? Wow. Whatever they're doing, I'm not Mr. Basketball Scheme guy, but it feels like Ron Adams is doing a pretty good job on Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? He's just not. But it does feel like he's scoring. It's like, God, how does he keep scoring? Well, there was the one play where he got the and one where three of them were draped all over him, and it's like, how do you just do that? Did you it was see Draymond like holding the ball? There's an oral history. Somebody did a thing. Somebody talked to. I'll find it here. A bunch of Kawhi's high school teammates for an article today. Uh, in the Athletic. Yeah. And, uh, and they're talking about how he like the way he talks on the court, and they're just saying how he doesn't really say anything. He just talks in like little phrases, just like no, 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 you're not scoring. Nope, nope, nope. I get buckets. I get buckets. Board man, give me that board. But like the the point is like all these different guys that play with him all say that that's how he that's just all he says is just he talks in those little types of phrases, bucket board give me that board board man makes money give me that board nope 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 does he does he still talk like that you think or is that in high school that was from a high school so I mean if he if he talks now that would be how he talks right you don't really see him saying anything ever would you agree he's one of the most unique NBA characters I can ever remember because it feels like for the most part in our lifetime. Most NBA characters have a unique somewhat of a personality, whether it's being an asshole, whether it's being a funny guy, whether it's being a winner. Like, I don't even know what Kawhi really is. Right. I agree. He's just kind of there. Yeah. But everyone's like, he's there, but he's elite. He's easily the best player that in my lifetime that has no personality. No I know. Ex- I just, no expressions ever. I feel like he's a federal guy. He doesn't really even sweat. 
You know, a lot of guys are just kind of soaked. Some people just sweat more naturally. Right. I'm always jealous. But he doesn't sweat. I always want to sweat more at the gym. I'm a natural sweater, so it's just just because I'm sweating doesn't mean I'm necessarily doing that much. <laughs> I just feel like I'd be doing more. I'd feel like I was being more productive. Also, when you have a bald head, you have a bunch of like pores on top of your head, so it's mm. easier to kind of bead down. Mm. I think the hair acts. Have you stuff. thought about going headband? Well, it's never that bad when it's running down my eyes, and it always makes me look like I'm doing more than I actually am. Yeah. I thought what I have thought about is going like. Uh, basically like something you'd see in WWE, like a bandana. Yeah, yeah. You know, and just tie it. Just the tie, yes. I and you're just like, this guy's here to fucking kick ass. Yeah, take absolutely. <laughs> you know? I love it. I'm sure they make like special sweat but, but ones I, too. But I wouldn't go Hulk. You know, he like did the triangle back. I would just do it just Do the so roll. Yeah, so it looks like a headband, but with a tie in the back. Yeah, like something I you'd see. I almost a bought one of those at Sports Basement the other day. Something you'd see on a tennis court. I, I might actually, not a bad idea, I might go to Dick's and get one in the next couple of days. <laughs> headband, I don't know if it really works. I, face is a little rounder, so it looks like Jared Dudley, you know, like with a headband. Uh-huh. I don't really love not that Not quite look. Vince Carter. No. He had a pointy head. It really, it is a good kind of, yeah. Um, Pull it off for sure. I, do you think, one thing I'm looking forward to for game three, I do feel like, a, because the Raptors won game one. B, because they've proven to be good. C, because of Drake. And D, because Warriors fans have watched Raptors fans just be pretty electric the last two games. I do think Oracle's going to be really good. I mean, I, I'm not going out on a limb here. I know it's the finals. But I do think Oracle's going to be pretty good. Because it almost feels like the rat, like everyone's talking about how much. Be- like, remember when Oracle used to be that way? It's kind of the way people are talking about the Raptors crowds. And I do think Oracle will be really good on Wednesday night. Well, and I do think for the first time in the Durant era, now granted he's not here, is there's a little drama to this series. And there used to be that before Kevin got here, where now there's, the last two years, there's just been unequivocal confidence. I mean, it hasn't bordered on arrogance because the facts were they were going to win. Like, it was just kind of a foregone conclusion. Now there is just like, if what if Clay doesn't play? What if Looney's out for the series? Like, what if... We find out tomorrow. I would imagine Clay tries to battle through it, but Looney might miss. Who knows? Yeah. You know, he yeah. can't raise his arm. I mean, I would imagine to me, Looney's got the one where it could be worse today. Like clearly, he was in some pain. I mean, he, he guy that looked like an NFL collision. How he flew like a wide receiver. How big's Looney? Six ten, six eleven, two fifty. It's not like he's small. He flew so far, like. I, it had to be probably 12 feet that he flew, and then his body went flush with the ground. That just looked painful. The Warriors are six-point favorite, which feels a little big. I agree. To me, that number would be a little like three and a half. Feels a little bit better. But I'm with you. I think they'll just be at edge because the crowd's like, kind of need me tonight. Like, this is, you know. I remember going to Kings games. The difference probably at Oracle, like I remember back in SAC, deep, deep down, did anyone think, like, this is an NBA champion? You know, no. And I I would imagine there's some, like, I bet there was a lot of parallels with the Raptors and the Kings fans. So much pride in your squad. We're damn good, the best squad we've ever had. But are we NBA champions relative to the team we have to beat? For the Kings, it was Kobe and Shaq. For these guys, it's, it's, you know, this Warriors dynasty, and it's kind of proven now it doesn't even matter who's there. 
it's just I know, you know, the hypothetical, but God, it would be fun to see, like, if you could mix and match some of these dynasties of the last, like, 15, 20 years. Like, if I could do it in all the sports, I'd rather do it in basketball than even, like, football. Like, how sweet would it be? To me, baseball would be ahead of football. Yeah, I I would agree. But you agree, like, if I get peak Michael against, like, Kobe and Shaq, like, who wouldn't watch that? If somehow we could just watch that. (laughs) Like, what? Would you agree that if any athlete could come back in their prime that would generate big ratings, it'd be Mike? If you said Michael Jordan, we could reincarnate him at 33 years old as playing him and Scotty are playing the Warriors. Yeah, I think that would be bigger than even like Joe if, Montana. Well, I was going to say, like, even if you told me like boxing has taken such a step down that I guess there was a big fight this weekend. Everyone was tweeting about it. But like if Muhammad, like prime Muhammad Ali appeared. Well, I think the reason everyone was tweeting about it is because the guy was so fat. But I even though you had to like I wasn't even you had to kind of watch it to know what was happening because it wasn't a big upset too. Yes, yeah, so like the biggest upset since Buster Douglas. See, I. But the only reason that guy was in the fight, Fat Ruiz, yeah, who says he eats Snickers, was because the guy that he replaced had failed multiple PED tests leading up to the fight. So this guy, the original, so the guy he's fighting probably thinks this is going to be a cakewalk. Clearly, didn't take it seriously at all. And, yeah, I mean, he got beat by a dude really fat. Now, the guy, here's the thing. Like, having been in the NFL, like, baseball doesn't really have these bodies anymore. And basketball definitely doesn't. Just because you have a gut doesn't mean you're not an elite athlete. And in a sport like this guy, the fat guy clearly had really strong and fast hands. Mm. So if he just catches you, he can knock you out. You know? Just Mm -hmm. like sometimes you could go – walk down the street and run into an offensive lineman who could just look really bad. Now, some just look fantastic, right? But some guys just, if you see him on street clothes, you're like, ugh. And the guy's just a better athlete than you think. He's just carrying along more weight. You gotta be careful. Like, you cannot walk by 99% of the NBA besides like TJ McConnell and not think like, God damn, that guy looks like a sweet athlete, right? Right. You just cross him on the street. Like, if you just cross Andre Iguodala or Pascal Siakam, like that might be the greatest athlete I've ever seen in person, right? That's the first thing you think about. Like the the athletes on the court last night that the Raptors are rolling out. They're all huge, long. They can move, and the Warriors are rolling like Bogut, who can't really run. Boogie is going like fifty percent just speed wise because he's just not a fast guy anyway. Quinn Cook. I was thinking this last night. Like Quinn Cook's played in a ton of huge games in his career, mm-hmm. playing for Coach K. I think he won a national championship as a starting point guard. But, like, one of the reasons he's clearly not a huge, like, NBA prospect, he's he's small. Right. Right? I mean, he can he, really shoot, but he's, yeah. I mean, the is hair. He six, is, he, is he six feet tall, probably? I mean, Maybe. Probably, right? Right around flush, six feet even? I mean, Steph's 6'3", so. Feels like Steph kind of towers over him, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's. But if, if like, Quinn Cook had been 6'5", he's. Gets drafted, right? Gets drafted in probably a lottery pick. Shooting like that at 6'5". Coming from Duke, right? Is there anything like a uh, an NBA player that's a backup that when he gets a little hot, he shoots like a couple heat checkers? You're like, oh, no! And it's like a fadeaway to your left side and misses the, misses the rim. Even Van Gundy was like, he's got to shoot that. After he hit the big one, he came back down and took another quick trigger. Yeah. Plus, you play with staff. You see, like, these shots, Clay, these shots just go in for us. 
Warriors. One thing I one thing I love doing with NBA guys is going height without shoes at the combine. Quinn Cook was without shoes, socks on, six feet tall. He's six feet tall, 180 pounds. Small wingspan. Standing reach, not that great either. And he's just not a great prospect. Except Small, he can, except he can shoot. Tiny hands, seven five. Yeah, you can shoot. Uh, all right. Premium prospects, John. Now you, I, we talked about this. I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, but we texted about it. God, NBA guys are huge. Just looking at this combine list. I mean, the average height on this NBA combine is like six seven, without shoes. Just massive human beings. Yeah. Like the picture, there was a picture of Wilbon, Stephen A, Magic, and Doc. I mean, Magic looks like a different, and Wilbon's not small. He's probably six one. Stephen A is probably six two. Magic looks like a different species of human in the mall, and even Doc looks like six five, just massive. I mean, just those two are massive human beings. Doc is six four, but he is big. He's yeah, not he's just, just thick. He's not, yeah. You see, he got fined for saying that he's the closest thing to Michael Jordan. Yeah, I don't know what the hell that's about. Like, can he not be an analyst then? Well, you see, Stephen A. Stephen about. A. was like, I saw him on Sports Center. Was like, I gotta admit, I feel like I got some blood on my hands. Like, I take responsibility. But he's like, this. What was I supposed to ask him? We weren't trying to like draw up. I just asked him. We were talking about the sport. Does he get in trouble for calling Steph Curry the best point guard in the league or only because the guy's a free agent? Maybe there's been some other issues with the Clippers and Kawhi already. Well, they've got a coach. Stephen A said that he called because Stephen A was pissed off because he felt that he fucked Doc because he was the one that asked him to come on, called the league office and was like, what are you doing? And I guess the league explained to him, well, Magic and other people have been nailed for way less. So we just, the precedent's kind of set. Stephen A is just the, the broker of all deals now. I know. I just think that, you know, the, the NBA, man. Uh, all right. There was a little drama. Odell didn't show up. Freddie Kitchens was asked, what's he missing? Freddie said, uh, the offense. <laughs> so Someone tweeted at me the other day, maybe in my Instagram DMs, if I thought it was stupid that in all these OTAs, every single program across America, you know, the NFL teams, they all implement the scheme, offensive and defensive. Like, if it's not mandatory, why are they doing that? And my response was pretty simple. Well, because at all these OTAs, there's 99% participation rate. So your entire team's there, except one or two outliers, give or take, for contractual reasons, like Malcolm Jenkins is not there, uh, the Chiefs, Chris Jones is not there, because they're trying to get paid. And then Odell, Le'Veon, like, it'd be one thing if you had a, right, like a, at a business, it was voluntary and only 25% of your workforce shows up and you tried to implement something that everyone had to do. You're like, well, we waste some time here. We're going to have to do this again. Right. Literally everyone's there. So like Freddie, why are they, why are they installing the op? Like, what are they supposed to do? Just go out and play catch? Of course they're going to install it. The entire team is there. Why would you not? If it was voluntary and truly like only 50% people showed up, I would understand like keep it really generic. 
but all the teams are, do it. Every single one because the participation kind of the incentive. There's part of the incentive too, right? You don't want to be behind as a player. But how many players get the bonus, right? It feels like it's in every contract. Right. It's true. Because I, I was asking Mayoko at Niner Prax a couple weeks ago, like, if he thought that Odell would have showed up for the 49ers. And he thought that there was probably a chance that there wasn't an incentive bonus in his contract. I don't know enough about that detail and just contracts, but I bet if I texted, like, you know, like Howie and asked him, it feels like that's just generic. It's in every contract, like every radio contract. If you're a top five, you know, if you get certain levels, it's like one of those things that's a natural incentive. If you sell so much at Oracle, you get this bonus. Just one of those things that's just naturally in there. If you show up for the off season, you get $100,000. Doesn't it feel like every player has that incentive? Every good player, like obviously you're not giving that to like undrafted free agents, but right. if, you, if you sign a guy to a seven or eight figure deal, that's usually in there because you want to incentivize him to be around, right? What would we be saying if the Niners had traded their number one pick for Odell Beckham and Odell chose not to appear at voluntary OTAs? Well, if I'm asking you, I think we got to start with this. Do you think yes or no, if the Niners had traded for him, would he would he have been in San Francisco the last month? I cannot say that I think he would be. Maybe there's a better chance, but... He's I, in L.A. I so don't have any fun. confidence. I mean, what's an L.A. to Cleveland flight? So much farther. I mean, doesn't it feel... If if Cleveland clearly is 0%, he hasn't showed. <laughs> right? It's like, we know the percentage. It's zero. He's not going. I'd say the Niners would be above that just because logistically it's much closer what do you think but it is? Six hours, LA like to Cleveland. 50%. You think it's six hours, LA to Cleveland? Five, four and uh, a half? No, because it's. I mean, from like San Francisco or LA to like Philly is five, so I a little shorter, maybe four and a half. Okay. I mean, it's it's a it's a flight where it's long enough where you're like kind of dreading the flight, right? But again, it's zero percent. You tr- if Cleveland trades for him, he's not going. But he used to go to the Giants. Right, so you could go. Well, he has a place in New York. It's not that far away from Cleveland. That's probably what hour and a half. So you think this is exclusively just a logistical oh, thing for Odell? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think it's partly because I do think there's an element to this. He signed with the Giants because it was the New York Giants. They offered him a ton of money. He wanted to be there at the time. Like I signed up. When you get traded. Like, yeah, in theory, Cleveland should be great. They got Baker Mayfield. They got my buddy Jarvis. But I didn't want to play for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I don't know how he would have felt with the Niners. But I just think logistically there's less of like, bro, you're down the fucking road, right? You can't really be like, well, it's just right around the corner. Because to me, if he wouldn't, if the Niners would have traded and I got to wave my raise my hand, I said I would have traded the second overall pick. Now, granted, that second overall pick is injured at practice on the sideline, but I would have done it for Odell Beckham. I would have I would have been questioning myself if Odell refused to show for the last month in Kyle's offense when he is. It'd be one thing if well, Odell's training in Massachusetts. I'd be like, well, that's pretty far. It's I wouldn't have been happy, but I you could have made the argument. I, I just don't think you could have made the argument if he's training in L.A. and he's on the Niners. That would have been a disaster. Yeah, now look, and you, you said this to me before the pod. If Odell has two touchdowns the first game of the year, no one will remember what happened in, in May. But 
But I have to live in June 3rd. That's yeah. where I'm at no, right now. That's where we're doing a podcast. It's June 3rd. And if he was a Niner and he was doing this, it would be... It, it would, It'd be a big story. It'd be a huge I mean, story here. And like, if you're the Raiders, you're like... I mean, we used to have this conversation about the Raiders. Used to a few months ago. A.B. or Odell. All the factors included. What does it cost you financially? What does it cost you in picks? What, is, what does it all cost you? Like, I, given the situation we're looking at right now, I'd rather the Raiders had... Antonio Brown, who's in camp and is cheaper and didn't cost as much in the draft than Odell right now. On June 3rd, it looks dramatically better giving up a third and a fifth round pick for a guy that's missed one day of the entire offseason. And through Instagram videos, through my own little research of Texas and people, has been their best player by a country mile, is the best player on the team. And someone so far who's been very likable, that they like. For a guy that you gave up a first-round pick, a starting safety, and a third-round pick, for a guy that refuses. Again, he's not come and go. He refuses to show up. And even the coach, who, like all coaches that are even like, you know what, I'll work for an egomaniac general manager. I wouldn't have got the shot anywhere else. I'll, I'll stay in my lane. We're all humans, right? Like, eventually, Freddie's like, I fucking had enough. <laughs> This is insane. I love Freddie. But don't you probably feel like Freddie's like, listen, I can keep my mouth shut. It won't be that hard. And then by like week three, you're seeing plays get screwed up in practice. You're like, this is ridiculous, right? Where where is this guy? And then like Freddie, you see his new Instagram? He's at Shaver Lake. Because he was at some lake and I saw it on Instagram. I had a buddy text me, be like, my friend is on vacation at so-and-so lake Mm -hmm. and just ran into Odell at the local corner market. Like, he literally just ran into Odell. And Because what's Freddie think? Freddie, you know how coaches think about it, right? Which is, I don't have any time with them as it is if they're here for everything. We don't have any time with them. Like, you got plenty of time to vacation. Well, and just look at it like this. Okay, I got a month training camp before practice. What happens if he tweaks a hammy and misses a week, right? What happens if we're just easing him back in and he can't full go? You know, just what now, happens? Now, what's Odell thinking? Learn the plays? I'm just going to... You kidding me? Well, you got some new route I haven't heard of. Just tell me where to go. I know, but you coaches don't think like that. No, I know. I'm with. I'm with. The, I'm with them. I. I know. If this was what, Niners, if, what, if, what if Antonio would have said that? You think Gruden would have been okay with that? Well, we, we just gave you a fucking raise. Now I think Odell would be like, well, they didn't pay me. They just traded for my contract. That was like I. I didn't sign with them. Yeah, I know they feel like they got some momentum, but if I'd been a free to, agent, I never would have spit. To, to me, like I direction. look at. Uh, the two guys that stand out, Chris Jones, Malcolm Jenkins with their Eagles, like the guys that want a new contract. It's very like Khalil last year, Aaron Donald. It's clear why they're not there. Very understandable, right? They're, they feel they're dramatically underpaid or they're a young guy that haven't got their first deal. I get it. Also, teams they've already been on don't need to be there necessarily. Yeah, know the scheme. Now you could argue Chris Jones, they changed the defensive you know, four three, but it's like Chris Jones would say, "What are you going to ask me to fucking line up over a guard instead of a center?" Like it's not rocket science here. Uh, I think the Odell one is well. We did trade for you, Odell, and you're on our team. And guess what? We're not going to do. We're not cutting you, and we're not training you anytime soon. So you're here. Like the the, the boat is headed toward land, and you're either on it. You're eventually going to have to get on. Like there there aren't other options here. There aren't other boats for you to choose from. This is it. That's why if you're Freddie, like, 
I can only kiss his ass so much. I, at the end of the day, I am a coach, right? I, I kind of am the authoritative authoritative figure of this room. Like John Dorsey kind of gets to play the best of both worlds, like hugging guys, but then kind of negotiating contracts. I have to address the players every day. And Odell, how can I hold the standard? Everyone's going, who's the best player on the Browns? Wouldn't you say the most natural reaction right now would be like, Odell Beckham Jr. Well, I'm yelling at another guy, you're not even around. So it just trickles down. This is why I think the Steve Kerr will tell you how invaluable it is to have your best player be Duncan or Steph. How invaluable Belichick would be like, well, I got Brady. He just, I can yell at him whenever and it just keeps everyone on their toes. Right. When you have to treat, it's why Richard Sherman would probably tell you, yeah, it screws up morale when you treat Russell with baby gloves and I get yelled at and we get yelled at and he never gets yelled at. It kind of is hypocritical of a message. And I think Freddie, being a first-time head coach with huge expectations, they got a young team. Like, how can I scream at Miles Garrett and hold him to some crazy high expectation when he goes, well, what is Odell? And in fairness, like, we're all humans. I, I do think you're allowed to say that. Now, you could argue, like, Miles, Baker, and Baker would probably be like, I, I'm not even worried about it. And he's probably not. But I do think Freddie worries about the other guys on the team that it impacts. Because like, it probably won't impact Baker one way or the other. I think he'll be fine. But like Miles Garrett, maybe some other influential younger player, like Nick Chubb. Like, it's just better when everyone's held to the same standard. Yeah, and and part of it is, um... I think that's what drove people crazy about playing with LeBron, right? Even though he's the best player, no one no one disputes like, yeah, he's the best player in the world. But he can just do whatever the hell he wants, and I got to do it. It's just yeah. Well, and, and things change, right? When you like, th- what I was gonna say is, it right Wait, now Craig you show up for need to wear the collared shirt to the Super Bowl, and we do. Well, when you show up for OTAs, part of what you're doing is you're just putting some, you're just building your equity. So Odell, what about when Odell's hurt and then isn't with the team, or what about when Odell's yelling at the quarterback and guys are going, you're yelling at the quarterback and you weren't even here for OTAs? Like you ran the wrong route, dude. I, I got a good one for you. Combined games this year. Nick Bosa, Odell Beckham. So the for potential, re- the potential for trade. Odell's played, I think, because two years ago he broke his ankle. Last year he played 12, so it's like 22 games the last two years. Odell Beckham. Yeah. Uh, first thing that came to my head was 20. That's That'd be a pretty big disaster. Only because we talked about the 8.5 for Bosa. Um I'll say uh, I'll put the over under at uh, I'll put the over under at uh, twenty four and a half. Would you say more likely Haberman is to win the lottery than them to play a full thirty two? No, I I don't think the odds would be in my favor on that one. Have you ever bought a lottery ticket? I have. Recently? Uh, I don't know. I've probably bought like three or four in my life. One of those like where I don't know what's going on, and, and then the news is like, it's the biggest lottery it's ever been. I'm like, okay, I'll, give, I'll throw two bucks down on $9 billion and a chance to buy half the, you know, buy an NBA Eli- team. Elias sells lottery tickets, right? Absolutely. I, people are yeah. always in there handing them, like, the scratch-offs. Yeah. Elias got a new... Give tr- $3! John, Elias, cool guy Elias, just got a, uh, a blacked-out Jeep Wrangler where the top sweet. comes off. Yes, four, he's like, look at my new car. Huh? Is it four-door or two-doors? No, I think it's the two-door. Have you seen the extended four-doors? Look pretty sweet. Yeah, they are badass with the top that comes <laughs> I mean, off. 
It'd be like, if I just had unlimited money and had like a beach house or something, I would just buy this car to leave at the beach house. Have you ever had, have you ever driven a uh, Wrangler? I've never driven a Wrangler, but I've driven like the old, my brother has like a CJ7 that is kind of built just like is the Wrangler. Is that a Toyota? Uh, no, it's just the Jeep. Oh. Is Jeep, is Jeep Wrangler Toyota? No, 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 I just didn't, I didn't know what CJ7 was for some yeah, reason. Yeah, it's just like it's like an old. It's like in the 80s, but they're just the old school. They look like a Jeep. Now you got to you got to kind of like give it a nice paint job for it to look good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sweet. Your brother has one currently, but you can buy. He bought one for like fifty five hundred dollars, and then he has all the means because like through farming and stuff, like they know a guy that paints, they know a guy that right, does. Right. Get cheap wheels, so it's just right. it's that's cheap. pretty sweet. Yeah. Tell it's Jeff, bad. tell Jeff, I want to see a picture of that thing. Yeah, Jeff's got a lot of toys. Yeah, tell Jeff to text me a photo. Or send me, have Jeff send you a photo. I want to see it. Send you um, a photo. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Problem is, it's like, well, no, it's not really. That's pretty. What color is it? Black, like matte black. Is it matte? God, he does have the toy. You go matte black. You're just saying like, I know I didn't get a paint job. I went matte black. I got the extra ched. Well, Jeff goes to the Rubicon up in by Tahoe. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I wouldn't do this, but yeah. like he doesn't necessarily drive, but he just goes for the camp and to hang out for the night that you're going on rocks, you know, like where the rock, it's just, it's pretty sketchy. Yeah. It's like a, it's a Jeep guy's dream though. that are into that. Yeah. They live for that moment. Well, it's what you watch these commercials and it's like, what percentage of people buy a vehicle to do the things that they you're just flying down the beach? Like, Oh, that's badass. My car can fly down the beach. I think like you're, a car I, on the I'll beach say this: like Haberman and I'm the same. Probably not cool enough to r- drive this. I don't know if Jeff is either. I just sent you the pick. Okay. This is. Uh, let's see here. That thing is high. Holy smoke! Yeah, I mean, he's got a lift kit and 35 inch tires. Two door, top removable top, not a rag. Well, yeah, I mean like the top. That. You basically just buy it for the summer. Like you just have to three leave the mile, top on. Three, three miles per gallon. Yeah, I mean not great. <laughs> It looks sweet with the top off. Uh, sweet. All right, John. Uh, Pebble is quickly approaching. Tiger Woods. Back, Are we going to go? Back in the – working on it. It's a great idea. I'd love to. Um, I, I've got no dice on my connections. I was promised. But I'm tickets, also not – I, gotta follow I, up I don't have to go, but I, I wouldn't mind going. For like a day? Just go one one day? Yeah. I, I, you could even – I mean, I'd fire down on like Wednesday. Um. So, uh, how far t- is it door or you made the drive recently? Yeah. Well, the way back took a while, probably two, maybe two and change on the way down weekday afternoon, morning, late morning. Um, tiger played well this weekend at the Memorial. We finished five under at one point. What was he? Seven under making moves, wearing red, looking he good. Finished, he, finished, he finished five under on the day. What do you think? You we back on the? I'm kind of back on the Tiger wagon for Pebble. We talked about this a little last week, but I don't know what the updated odds are. Um, but I'm back. It was crazy. It was crazy. I'm just looking at the price, and you've always had this idea, and it's like they have to implement this. How much putts and shots? And you probably should do it the entire Sunday. Every shot, what it costs you? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Tiger was nine under for the tournament. T nine, five under yeah. for the fourth round. T nine paid two hundred thirty six grand. So yeah. like, yeah, I didn't have a great week, but I got I made I made a quarter of a mil. Every putt, it should say they need the algorithm because there's a lot of stuff is moving and changing. But I want to know how much right now this putt is worth third place, which is worth X amount of dollars. 
he had on I saw a stat that on Sunday like uh, his front nine there on so he had one two three four five he shot thirty one yesterday on the front nine so that's five under whoa on set on Saturday he was one two three four he was nine under over the weekend on the front nine so he was pretty fucking locked in there. Nine under on the front nine over the weekend. Now he had some bogeys on the back nine, and on Saturday he had a double on the back nine. But to me, he's just kind of roaring back, roaring back into form, just kind of locking in. Uh, I checked this morning on mybookie.ag promo code ham one. The pretty heavy favorites, Kepka. I think he's kind of deserved that. The other, the only guys that are in single digit, like Kepka six to one. When I checked this morning, DJ was either eight or nine to one. So it's just Kepka and DJ, two meatheads that are dominant. And then Tiger's the third guy. And one thing was clear, like, he didn't make the cut at uh, Bethpage, which turned out to be, like, feels like the hardest course I remember in a long time, like in America. <laughs> now, you claimed your caddy told you that he thought around even, give or take a shot, either way, two, was yeah, going to win two, it. Two under or even, they thought would win U.S. Open this year at Pebble. Like, I, I don't know if that favors Tiger because that means the course isn't super long for these guys. So what's the hard part? The rough, stupid high. He's not the most accurate hitter. And I think the greens are difficult, right? Mm-hmm. They just get rolling super high. Mm-hmm. And they're, would you call the greens, would you consider them small? Yes. Because he mentioned that. he I heard him talking yesterday. He's like, the one thing you got to lock in at Pebble, the greens are small. Yep, very small. Which, to me, that benefits Tiger because he's one of the greatest iron players ever. And it's just like, I was thinking, like, should I just throw some money on Kepka? Is Kepka really going to win five majors and nine tries? Well, I just, who's playing the best golf right now? Well, I mean, Kepka hasn't played since he won. In majors. Who's playing the best golf in majors right now? Him. Yeah, I mean, Kepka's kicking ass taking names. And DJ's playing pretty damn good, too. You know, wouldn't the, you be shocked? Wouldn't you bet? Like, I'd bet a thousand dollars if you could do this that Kepka or DJ is a top five guy this weekend. Yeah. I don't know which one. Now, is there a chance that both of them are just? Well, like, I feel like DJ. Even when you don't think he's playing well, you look up and suddenly he's like fifth on Sunday. Well, he's just—he's the best golfer in the world. Literally, he's number one ranked player. Did you know the U.S. Open two years ago at Aaron Hills, the course played? At is that is that in Wisconsin? Yeah. The course played at 7,700 yards. I think it's the longest in major championship history. Um, Beth Page long. played, I just looked, at 75. Um, Tiger won. Tiger beat Rocco uh, in 08 at Torrey Pines. That played at 7,600. I think I'm just going through a list of Tiger's wins and looking for the longest majors. I think that's the longest course he's ever won at in a major. Well, that's the thing. Pebble's not that long, right? Pebble was playing at... Uh, just over seven thousand, seven thousand yards. Yeah. What when you played? What were you playing? White tees, like six thousand five hundred. White tees, except for three holes I played from the USGA's. Yeah. How far when you played the USGA's tees did it well, feel? Well, I only did it on eighteen, and then two par threes. Where'd you go on eighteen? Kerplunk. Went kerplunk, drop sand along the left side. Like from the from the from the super tips. On 18, do you, did you feel confident that you could even just clear everything and get it to the fairway? Yeah, because you can shortcut it. I mean, you can. You don't have on to the try right and, side. Yeah, you don't have to try and cut anything. Like what but, leaf do? What leaf do? Did he kind of cut it over the water into the fairway? Yeah, a little bit. Did he hit the fairway? 
Yes. So if you hit the fairway there, you're kind of golden because then you just got, well, not really because then even your approach shot's really long and you can hit in the water again, right? Correct. Which but the is wind is coming did. off, so the wind's going to force the ball back toward like the clubhouse, right? You know, because the wind doesn't go out toward the ocean. Yeah, in theory, yeah. but you can, I mean. It swirls. Well, I just mean like the like wind sometimes does less than you think it's going to do for you. Well, yeah, especially if you hit like a snap hook. So, you know, it's hard to say exactly what uh, what it's going to do for you. But I think that that whole play is at four, 543. I'm looking at the scorecard. How big of a story is if, I guess, a week from Sunday, Tiger Woods is holding up the trophy at Pebble Beach? He's going back-to-back Insane. major. Yeah. And he and I think what'll be big about it, right, is that he'll probably have to beat Brooks to do it. Don't you think that the crowd, West Coast crowd, Tigers kind of from out here, and just Tigers the biggest golfer by far, but coming off a major championship, it's gonna be as close to like the Warriors playing at home, like Tiger like playing a home game. Who's not rooting for Tiger there? Is any human not rooting for Tiger there beside like the relatives and the coaches of other players? It's gonna be wild, man. What, I mean, I can't even do you imagine. Think it, do you think seeing, it's his best outside of the Masters? Could it be just like the best pro type, the biggest pro Tiger crowd he's going to get anywhere? Would he get a bigger one at Torrey Pines if there was a major there? You know, what's weird is my first mind was like, where do they play the PGA Championship? Oh, they already played it. Uh, yeah, I think he's a big deal in Europe, you know, when they play wherever they play the British Open. But it's not quite – it's just different over there. Yeah, I think – I think it'll be crazier because unlike Augusta, Augusta's a tamer crowd. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Pebble's going to be that nuts. It's not like Ryder Cup. But I think, wouldn't you imagine there'll be a pretty solid like 30 to 40 kind of demo there, just drinking and having a good time? Super rich people around this area. And I would even just say over 40 people drink. Well, I'd say it'd be a pretty big party crowd. Well, I've gotten a couple of texts from people like from buddies who, who I didn't know who always just like uh, who, when I played pebble text me, like I go to the U S open every year. I can't wait to get out this year. I think that's just a tournament that people go to travel to. And then particularly it's a pebble, even a so bigger if you, reason. If you live in, if you live in Northern California or Southern, one California, of them lives in like Chicago. Again. He just said, I go to the U S open every year. He's coming to the pebble beach. Just goes to the U S open every year. Yeah. He's going to pebble. I need to do more things like that in my life. You know, like, what do you do every year besides, like, eat, you know? Yeah. I and, like, mean, work. Like, just something that, you know, have my every birthday. year. Every year's every, my birthday. Yeah, I don't, you know, those people have, like, every year I go to the Tour de France. Right, like, right. You know, every year me and my dad go to, like, where, I, I don't know, I have nothing like that in my life. I feel like it helps bring meaning, right? Because it's, like, something you look forward to. I don't know, I, I just... I don't have anything like that. But I, yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, I don't what do you do? Well, much. I don't miss any football games on Sundays during the fall. You yeah. know, go to OTAs miss... every year. I go to OTA. You can start saying that. Oh, every year I go to OTAs because it's yeah, true you go historically. To, you open every year? No, I don't actually go, but I, I watch the coverage. You know, I, I I mean I consume it all. Right. NCAA tournament never missed the Final Four. I know on my couch. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> exactly. So you have a lot of traditions. Yeah, I do. I do. They just involve me just not leaving necessarily. Yeah. Like spring training. Yeah, there are people that are like spring training every year. I go for a weekend. But yeah, I went a few times. It was cool. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's a bit overrated. Like I, I have to question the spring training people. Like, is it really that fun? Because the baseball kind of sucks. Like now, if you just need an excuse to kind of get outside, I kind of get it. 
But I'd rather just go to Arizona and like play golf or do something else than go watch like Mac Williamson get four ABs, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I think if we if we if we did a pan of the crowds, it's not that many people that really do it anyway. Right. Like to me, I, I'll I'll give you one thing that would be cool. Like if you were older, be like every because I got someone uh, DM me the other day. They're like, I live in Canada and I'm a big NFL guy, and for the last couple of years I've gone to an NFL game. He's like, two years ago, I went to, like, Philly. Last year, I went to a game in New England. He's like, what are some cities I should go to? I'm like, well, I think now that the Bears are good, I would imagine Chicago would be pretty sweet. Yep, Gorley. Yeah, I think Kansas City with Mahomes is going to be pretty awesome. And I probably couldn't go wrong with just a game at Seattle. I think Seattle Seattle would. Seattle and Chicago, I think, are two great wrecks. Green Bay, if you can make it happen. Just have something like that. And I was thinking, like, should I just knock off? Yeah, I've seen Ohio State play at the Horseshoe, or I've seen. The problem is, you know, I got shit to do on Sundays. So you know, it's not easy to get in the airports. But it's like I went to. I've seen Alabama play at Alabama. I've seen LSU play in Baton Rouge. That's I went to good. Florida Georgia game. I went to Ohio State Michigan game. Just do some of those things. Maybe I need to do that before I die. Yeah, maybe. Oh, uh, you know, watch the British Open at St. Andrews. That that would be cool. I mean, yeah, I'm just not into like planning it for in perpetuity. Yeah, this is going to be my thing, you know. I know. I, I like being fluid. I need a little variety too. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we're feeling go, okay about, what about Tiger. Go to, go to a Vegas game every year to support Mark Davis. Yeah, I saw a guy wearing a in the airport yesterday Sunday wearing a Las Vegas Raiders T-shirt and it was a Raiders logo except instead of the Raider with the eye patch it was a photo. It was. Um, uh, uh, Elvis Presley's face. So are they just going to rebrand everything to the Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah. What else would they do? Are they legally mm-hmm. allowed to take the Raiders logo? Has that been, uh, we finished that lawsuit? <laughs> They're still going on? Is that a thing? I don't know. Do you think it'll be easier? You know how people still go San Diego Chargers to LA Chargers? People go Oakland Raiders or Las Vegas Raiders? It's a good question. Yes. Uh, like, I feel like I'm finally breaking my San Diego Chargers thing, and it still comes out. My biggest challenge, as you know, has been Joey and Nick Bosa. Um, so I also I mean, think that the, the Charger one doesn't even matter. You know? It's, yeah. like, not that big of a deal. Do you think you'll just say – that one's different, too, because you can't just say L.A. because there's two of them. Do you think we'll just be like, you know, Vegas Vegas is off to a good start. They're 3-0. and Yeah, I just think most people we say just, Raiders. Talk, just say the Raiders, yeah. Because, again, they, they've always felt like they have no home. It's like, yeah. oh, the Raiders. You know? Right. They've always been on. Uh, Where are the Raiders playing? The oh, so, oh, they're playing uh, back-to-back home games, Saskatchewan? Y- yeah. Oh, no, they're actually playing a game. It's Saskatchewan. Packers like, yet? yeah, we'll play there. Is that done yet? I mean, I, the NFL. Like, you know, I've, you ever do to-do lists? I've done a couple you, in my life. Yeah. I, I don't I, follow I do. through on them. I do some I do to do lists just on like a day. It's some things I need to get done. The usually the thing you write at the bottom is the least important thing. Like that's why I picture the Raiders and like the NFL offices. What does it do? Let's figure out like how many we're we gonna play eighteen games. You know, let's figure out is it should we embrace this beer chugging? Let's figure out, you know, uh did you see Rich McKay said that he wants to isolate the Hail Mary that's not uh reviewable on pass interference or something? Okay. So think thing like that, like the, are we going to remove the hail mary from the pass interference, the new uh, defensive re- review rules, and then like seventy five slashes down is like where the Raiders are going to play a preseason game, you know? 
like the last thing that they do every day. It's like the topic that we have always at the end of the podcast, and then we're like, ah, we're actually let's just eat instead of doing that topic. Exactly. It's always like, ah, we'll just put it on the agenda for next month when you guys come in. Lunch is being served. And lunch is being served. I'm gonna go eat later. Peace. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up. All with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.